On this edition of the Michigan State of Sports, Jake and I give our reactions to what was a surprisingly fun and eventful week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic here in Detroit. Plus, the halfway mark is upon us in the baseball season. Where did the Tigers grade out? We'll break it down by position, tell you who's overexceeded, who's underexceeded, and who we think is for real in this rebuild. That's all next on the Michigan State of Sports. Good morning, America, Michigan, Greater Michigan, Greater Lansing, Greater Detroit, anybody who is listening to the Michigan State of Sports, good morning to you. I am your host, Tony Garcia, of course, joined by co-host Jake Rietma on this holiday Monday, an Independence Day Monday. It's a federal holiday, not for you and I on the Michigan State of Sports. The bosses wouldn't give us this one off, but uh, for many around here. So happy holidays, Jake. How was your weekend? Yeah, Tony Garcia, always great to see you. Great. And, and good afternoon, good evening evening just in case somebody's tuning in at a different time uh, forgive my, my my co-host there for just assuming we're all morning people because i sure don't know i'm good there but no great corporate holiday we've got going here on the july 5th celebrating our independence day i celebrated over the weekend it was a fantastic weekend uh was sure to get out on the water spend some time with friends grill out drink some cold beverages all that good stuff so feeling good Feeling like I uh, like I celebrated the right way and a reminder of our independence, which is we are we are blessed to be in a free nation in the United States of America. But that's all for that. Uh, how was your weekend? Hope you enjoyed it. It was good. Nope. Same, same thing. Had to fit in a little bit of work here and there, but uh, sure, actually work got harder the weekend. than me. No, no, just uh, I'm not senior like you, so I'm still at the bottom of the food chain. Got to work these holiday weekends. See, it's all <laughs> spin zone, my friend. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, had a great time. Uh, got in the pool, did some grilling. Um, even actually got a little bit done around the house yesterday, which was weird. Uh, but I'd say my holiday weekend started on Friday when uh, I went. Uh, shout out Anne Marie, Michelle's best friend, who helped get me these tickets to the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'm sure she she is a, a constant listener of the Michigan oh, yeah, State Sports. I'm sure listener. she will hear that Anne, shout out. Anne Marie, oh, thank you. Anne Marie, way to go. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so that so that was fun. I think uh, we'll we'll just sort of take it from there. I uh, I got to go. It was actually my first PGA Tour event uh, that I've seen in person. Really did not know what to expect, but uh, but it was it was fun. Thankfully, when I went on Friday, not Thursday, so the course had dried out a little bit. Um, not it wasn't too gross. I was warned wear shoes you do not care about because uh, there there was a lot of trampling going on around. But no, beautiful course, beautiful day. It was seventy five and sunny. Um, can confirm in person, Bryson DeChambeau hits the ball very far. It sounds extremely loud when it whizzes by you. Um, in incredibly impressive to watch. And so, uh, Jake, yeah, like we, like we said, let's start there. Uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to go to any one of the days. I know you were watching and following, uh, what were your, I mean, there were a lot of headlines this yeah, weekend, no doubt, right? No With Bryson. Right. What was your major takeaway? What did you so, think of think uh, Detroit's first, tournament? Right, right. First and foremost, there's a sense of pride with the the city of Detroit putting on a PGA event because it had been so long. I mean, obviously, the Rocket Mortgage Classic started. This is was its third edition, if you will. But it's just so neat to see all the golfers come together 
And I'm a sucker, like kind of what you're alluding to, just a sucker for the the pageantry of it all. Just all the pro golfers together at one course. And and I know it's not a major, but there's just a sense of excitement. And, and this year having fans back. I mean, I know I was just watching on TV because our credentials were blocked from getting there. That's a whole nother story. The ticket, you know, um, but uh, it was it was neat to just see like you said, a lot of things that went on and I'm not one that just is rooting for drama and, and, and I guess the, the headlines and the stories, but it was kind of an eventful weekend for it just being, I don't say just, but for it being a, another stop on the PGA tour, you had the stuff with Phil Mickelson, you had Bryson DeChambeau just axing his caddy before the event began right before and, and, you know, you had a lot of, uh, I don't want to say no names, but first time guys that were in the mix who were kind of taking advantage of some favorable course conditions to, to score well. Yeah. And I mean, this was such a surprisingly eventful weekend. You didn't even list because it didn't, it doesn't really make its way on the cut. Hideki Matsuyama, the defending masters yeah. champion pulling out from the tee box. I was, I was standing on one tee waiting for him to tee off. We were, we were down by the landing zone. So it was supposed to be Phil. Then it was supposed to be Ricky. Then it was supposed to be Hideki. And uh, the guy, they have all the monitors, the, the, the people who are marking the ball so they can tell people 300 yards up the course who's coming next. Because once there's, that's another underrated aspect of going to a golf course. It is impossible to keep track of what's going on where. The, the, if you are actually interested, like this was a Masters Sunday. I now know I don't want to go to a major on a Sunday. Like it, it would probably be a really cool thing unless I was on unless I was on 18, 18 right. or credentialed and had like the best way to get around or I'd been doing it all week. I knew exactly where to go and how to do it because I mean, dude, you don't know like unless yeah, you've it, been following a, the same groups, you don't know know who's right. coming back and what the leaderboard is like unless you're at at nine, eighteen, or one of the few that that has a big screen. So that was a little difficult. Um, however, but yeah, Hideki pulling out. Bryson going radio silent. I mean, he was the the defending champion. I, and I think he's like one of the co-sponsors of like the tournament or something or other. And nothing, not yeah. a single word. And then Phil, um, I know we love Phil. I know we love, love Phil. I think he kind of put his foot in his mouth a little bit. And I, I don't know. I um, Yeah. I got more so. I, I, was I, got, I got more towards that direction. Like, Phil, that was kind of like, like you're kind of like – throw like hanging your nuts out here and like saying look at me i, I i've been pushed more that way how do you uh, react to the film yeah because this was and explain what it was right right so for those that don't know there there was an article written in the detroit news by robert snell when phil came to town so when when was the article posted thursday morning I think they waited until Thursday morning yeah, till tea time so that was kind of the essentially detailing some of phil's uh gambling happenings from years past with a Detroit area bookie that had mob connections. And the article acknowledges zero wrong that Phil had zero wrongdoing. Like it, it's not like it was a hit piece on Phil, but it was just kind of bringing up the past and kind of as, as Phil in Phil's words, it was very divisive in the, the timing of it all. And really didn't shed any light on anything other than the fact that, uh, Phil used to have some some gambling, a large gambling debt that wasn't paid back to him. So Phil's actually the victim in the story, but he was upset with just the timing of it all, I believe. 
Right. And that and that's I think where the the, the journalistic merits of, of the argument or whatever come into play because if you had this story, had this scoop, um, you lose all credibility by waiting to blast it out Thursday morning. I mean, say say this happens Tuesday, just do it leading up to the tournament or whatever. Right, I don't think anyone, almost twenty years I don't think old. anyone Yeah, exactly. And um like like the timing, it was they were just so clearly trying to wait until one like tea time on Thursday that uh, I see why Phil was rubbed the wrong way by it. But also at the same time, dude, you're worth a hundred million dollars. It's a local Detroit story. One dude was trying to get a scoop, trying to get a name for himself. And, and it works. Half the pe- <laughs> I mean, people are going to know his name now, but I don't know if it's the bad press. No such thing as bad press. I don't know how he's going to be reviewed in like six months. You know, right. I know right now at the tournament, people were not happy with him, but that also we're looking at it from a little bit of a different lens. I would say than the average fan. You are as the big J me as a much, much smaller <laughs> little J, but the other part too, that is, you know, like you said, I think Phil will kind of look back at this and say, maybe it was an overreaction, but the whole, he, he said, I, don't want to come back to Detroit anymore. And I think he started to realize that he was punishing. I mean, and I hate to say punishing, but the the rocket mortgage and the fans of the PGA in the Detroit area would be the ones that were suffering if he decided to use this as a reason to never come back to the Detroit Golf Club and to the Rocket Mortgage Classic just because of one article that again it wasn't it wasn't a hit piece article it just it was very very much so using and capitalizing on his name and and the power of that and the convenience of the time it was published right at the beginning of the rocket mortgage classic so and then phil did the whole oh if we can get you know commit to doing random acts of kindness and turn everything from a negative into a positive then maybe he'll come back and it felt like we as a (laughs) we the fan and i'm a huge phil mickelson fan as well i remember when not even that long ago we were talking after the the pga i just became um, and of course, when you bet on a guy and he wins, that also makes you a fan. But not to talk about old bets, because uh, that's the whole problem with this story as well. But Phil, <laughs> I think I think Phil's going to be like maybe even a week from now. Like, yeah, I probably might have had a little bit of an overreaction there. Why? Why punish the city of Detroit and never and just rule out the Rocket Mortgage Classic because one one Detroit news writer tried to make a little. Yeah, so get some clicks and that sort of thing on my my name, image, and likeness. See what I did there, right? And and he wouldn't even. I mean, you you made the point perfectly, but just to hammer it home, and then and then we can uh, get on to the next. Um, I mean, it's not just punishing like you're not punishing like rich hoity like only hoity-toity golf people. Like the whole reason this thing is in this is in the city of Detroit and at Detroit Golf Club is because Dan Gilbert worked really hard to bring it there. I was not familiar with where like perfectly privy to where this uh, golf course is. Have you been to the Detroit golf club? It is in the middle ah, so of a rather rundown neighborhood. So glad you asked, Tony. I have been, I have played in the Detroit golf club is marks the course. I've lost the most money in an 18 hole round at. So I am very familiar with the course. Okay. Well, any, um, I'm, just game didn't translate uh, uh, yeah, there. Qu- quick story. All right. All right. Quick, quick story. Good. A former Northwood teammate of mine is very, um, is involved with the, 
the sponsorship side of things for the Detroit Golf Club. Got me on a couple of times. And he's one of those guys that when you're around him, your competitive juices start flowing. I, it was a two-on-two uh, match play going into 18. We were tied. We said, why don't we double it? And because I thought my partner was better than his partner, obviously not because of me. And sure enough, the last 18 or the whole number 18 did not go so well, lost some money. That was tough. Great story, Jake. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your service and for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I uh, might have yes, a gambling and, problem. Yeah, you, you, we can talk to Phil. Um, but yeah, but Phil and Amy Mickelson, I mean, like, I think they tried to do what they could to, to spin zone. I think he was sort of realizing in the, in the mindset, like, look, I'm making a bigger deal of this. Like, let me just make this a positive. Um, like I want to, I want to do the random act of kindness thing. And, and I, I don't want negativity here. Like everyone's been nice to me since then. I don't know if uh, 50,000 signatures have been gathered. I imagine they have been because uh, there were little QR codes over the weekend for where you could scan and um, show Phil electronically um, sign it. Yeah. We love you, Phil. Yeah. But then it's just like, all right, it's just one golfer, guys. You know, like we don't, I'm not one to, I love Phil, but I'm not one to just beg somebody. That's a big, um, that, not that anybody cares, but that's a big characteristic of of me, myself, and I. I'm just not, I'm not, I don't beg for anybody's approval. I'm not begging for Phil Mickelson to be at the event. And I know it helps in everything like that. But if he's going to be that way, he's going to be that way. Yep. Yep, exactly. Real it's, quick, um, though, before we tie a bow on it, tie a knot on it, I um, meant to ask you this, like, now that you've, you're basically a PGA expert and have been to an event, would you prefer trying to walk the course and foul, or would you want to just set up camp and, and, and kind of, like you mentioned, a 9 or 18 where you got a scoreboard and watch it that way? Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the real question that you have to ask yourself when you're going to one. I did a little bit of both. Um, and, and it kind of worked out. Um, I'm with my dad who's in his 60s. He's a big dude. So walking, I mean, we're not walking at a brisk pace like if it was just a bunch of our buddies. And um, I mean, they're, they're constantly roping things off. Like you can't be just cutting across fairways and this and that. So you move slowly even when you're trying to move. So probably the thing to do, maybe go two days. Um, if you get two passes in one day, like follow whatever group you're trying to follow, but that does not mean follow them every shot because then you're not going to get a good advantage. So say you show up early, you want to be at, at one T and you get a good advantage and then you see the, the whatever premier group tee off. You can't just go to wherever the landing zone is or the green because everybody else is going to be waiting there. So you do have to kind of go ahead, maybe go all the way up to the green at two and position yourself between the green at two and the tee at three. So once they're done, they walk, you can just turn your right kind of there. There's a lot of little strategy. Yeah, you're working I for found. the next shot. Yeah, you're anticipating yep, the yep. next shot. You got to go to where the golfers are going to be, not to where they are. Correct. Exactly. It's like chasing a fly ball, Jake. Go to where it's going to land, <laughs> yeah, not where go. it is in the sky. Yeah. The only thing I'll add to that is um, back in the Northwestern days, the KPMG LPGA event, which is a major on the women's side of things, was in Kildare, Illinois, very close to Chicago. And, you know, not only were we fans there, but we had the, we had the little passes so we could we could get up close mm -hmm. and see some of the golfers like Lexi Thompson and just see that again, same thing with Bryce. And when you're just next to somebody that's just hammering the ball and hits, hits it so far, it's 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 like watching batting practice up close. It just sounds different.
It does. It's fun. Last, last, last comment on it. I was this close. My index finger and thumb are probably about a centimeter away from apart since this is a non-visual medium from getting struck by a Patrick Reed ball and the guy standing next to me, I mean shoulder to shoulder next to me, got drilled by a Cameron Champ drive from like 330 right oh, in the shoulder. No. Like it sounded like a baseball hit him in oh, the batter box. Oh no, how bad? I, I mean, was, was he like okay? a bullet. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty tough, dude. And uh, you want to hear the worst part? A Cameron Champ was in the same group as Bryson, and so everyone thought it was Bryson's ball, and so everyone was so pumped. Dude, you just got hit by Bryson's ball. He's gonna have to sign it and give you the glove and blah blah blah. It was not only Cameron Champ's ball; it was a provisional. He thought his first ball went OB. He hit a provisional, and so he doesn't even come over to play it. He just kind of waves his hand like, yeah, you guys can keep the ball sort of thing. So this guy goes from thinking he's going to meet Bryson to getting drilled by a Cameron Champ drive, and, I mean, he got to keep the ball. It was a That's cool tough. little story. But, uh, but yeah, and then uh, and then Patrick Reed was trying to chip over these trees. Uh, he didn't quite clear them. It, it, and it landed, I am not exaggerating, six inches next to me. I mean, I'll, I'll show you a video. It's very cool. I kind of wish it wasn't Patrick Reed. I, I was just it, about to say, of all the golfers, so it's got to be the worst. Well, yeah, the, the worst human, the worst yes. human in the bunch. Right, right. But, but it's funny. Like, something snaps. I mean, maybe I'm still such a fanboy. Like, Patrick Reed is such a doucher, and I know that. But when he's right next to you, I'm like, yo. That's Patrick Reed. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know really it's interesting you say that because I've had this take on other um, kind of uh, uh, it just made me think of this. And I'm sorry, I'm just derailing this entire podcast. But I feel the same way, like political, uh, political people like I even if I don't agree with them or or necessarily voted for them or that sort of thing. But like when they're there, you're like, wow, that's that's the governor or that's the, you know, the, the president of the United States. And I think that's the same way with athletes, too. So um, and I always remember that again, going making these horrible comparisons, but interning with the Bulls and you were courtside and you're like, wow, that's LeBron James, even though I, I don't like LeBron James. But it was just when you're something about being in the same presence as them is 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 captivating. Exactly, because you see them all the time through your screen. That's the only way you see them. And they're so famous and you hear about them constantly to actually be in. Everyone wants to be affiliated or at least tangentially related to, to greatness and to just like to share the same air is, is an exciting thing. And I think people some people could say, oh, I don't care. Like I got a buddy, Sam. He's like, oh, I don't care. They're just people. It's like, yeah, they are people, but they're people who are a lot better at one thing than we are, make a lot more money and a lot more people care about them. So let's let's be honest. They are well, let's, people. Let's give doesn't ourselves mean some good credit. Per- it doesn't mean they're a good person, but it can be exciting that they're there. Right. A lot right? of people have been stopping me on the street saying, are you are you the co-host of the Michigan State of Sports? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're yeah. more like, hey, I heard you on radio in Detroit and Chicago in the same week. Oh, are they fighting over you? Yeah, yeah, I wish. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh, do you know do who else thing. I like being in the same place as? Do you know who else? Not just these golfers. Who else, Tony Garcia? Akil Badu. Oh, Akil Badu. I love me some Akil Badu. This is how we're going to start this take and how this Tigers portion. As we said, it's the halfway mark. There are now 83 games in, I believe. 81 is the halfway mark. But we have now fully understand what this team is and and um, and, and where the season is headed. So we're going to break down who we like, who we don't. We'll probably try to do it in maybe 20 minutes or so uh, right now. But we're going to start it off with a. I'm trying to think of like something hot, hotter than a habanero. Like, 
it might be a habanero pepper hot take, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go there because yeah, I'm that, ba- I'm that's one of the hottest peppers. A banana. No, no. There's some. I know what you're saying, though. There's some weird. Yeah. A ghost pepper. People yeah. love saying ghost yeah, pepper. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, and like, uh, that's what I was okay. thinking of. Yes. Here we go. And you're going to have to stay with me because I can already see your eyes. I mean, they're not literally bulging out of your head, but I can see that that's what's <laughs> going to happen when I get this sentence out. Because it's a kind of a classic Tony sentence that people don't like. I'm saying it anyway. A keel badoo is in a different way just Dinger's Martinez. A keel badoo is J.D. Martinez in the sense that he is the guy who came out of nowhere. You're like, this can't really be a thing. It's kind of a thing. Then he fades. You're like, yeah, that's more like it. And then he comes back and keeps hitting and hitting and doing his thing. Akil Badu is an extremely different player than J.D. Martinez. Right. However, he, I, I will plant my fight. Akil Badu is a part of this team. He is a part of this rebuild. He is a part of this future. And he is exactly the type of player the Tigers have longed for for like 10 years. And I mean, his ability to get on base, to chain, to steal, to to run. I mean, I mean, oh my God, I love Miakil Badu so much. Five tool player, right? He, and yeah, yeah. And and he is the reason why he is a, an example of a guy of why this rebuild could actually be on track for next year and i could see an instance when that the tigers make the playoffs next year i could see it all right <laughs> so that's how that's how that's what the energy i'm coming in with no. i'll let you talk me down and talk me off listen oh there's a lot there's a lot to do you were so close tony and i was just getting ready to say Oh, Tony, like this is one one of these times you make a bold statement that I'm actually following and going along and and kind of on board with. And then you end it with dropping a playoff I, statement. No, I said could. I said could. All right. All right. Could. I, I, I don't think they will, but I mean, I've. No, no. Go. Your turn. Yeah, your I want to go back to your, your Akil Badu, J.D. Martinez comparison because there are some there. The got him for nothing, the the impact that he has on the game. Obviously, they're impacting the game differently, but um, I think I I can actually get on board with that. And again, you, you had me for 95% of that uh, that habanero ghost pepper hot take of yours. But the let's 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 steer away from where this team could potentially be next year, because I agree with what you're saying leading up to that point. I agree that there's enough now that perhaps you start to look, and this is what I said on the air that you look at now you're, we're turning the corner to where you can start to, to eliminate the whole rebuilding concept and, and start to win now and start to work towards winning now. But let's go back to kind of the, and I don't think, I don't think you have to pump the brakes because Listen, we've been pumping the brakes, quote unquote, anytime this team does anything worth celebrating for the last, well, I mean, forever, really. It feels like a long time. And now finally there's enough to be excited about. And it's not like it's a short 15 games sample, 20 game sample. It's, It's over the course of 51 games. I got this stat for you, Tony, 29 and 22 in their last 51 games after just taking two out of three from, by all accounts, the, the best team in for sure, the best team in the division and 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 maybe, the, you know, one of the front runners to, to, to win the American League this year. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. And Akil Badu, certainly a part of this team, certainly 
one of those guys that you're going to be building around. And I'm just praying that the Akil Badu from, gosh, I, I'm terrible with timelines, but the not not bad, not like really bad, but the abysmal Akil Badu that was that was a you know a ten game sample there earlier in the season never ever ever shows up again. Yeah, it was from like mid April to it was when the Tigers struggled to to. I mean, it was during that 17-game losing streak when nobody could hit. But now, do you want to know why I think that, that Akil Badu is gone, Jake? You didn't say you wanted to know why. I'm going to tell you why either way. <laughs> in his first month, in April, Akil Badu hit four home runs and 13 RBIs. So he was, I mean, remember when he had that power streak going? and he, But he hit 222 and had a 242 on-base percentage. Hinch, Hinch got with him. Um, uh, Lombard got with him. And uh, who's the Detroit Tigers pitching coach um, or hit, hitting coach? Why can't I think who it is? I'm sorry. Oh, pit. no. Uh, goodness. Freaking, uh, it's not Lloyd McClendon anymore. It is uh, Scott Coolbaugh. Jeez. Anyways, we made it. So so he he, he started talking to um, to the hitting coach, and they, and they completely changed his path. They're like, look, you're a fast dude. Don't hit bombs. Just get on base. In the month of June, he hit 348. With a 434 on base percentage. And he walked 10 times and struck out 13. They're saying, yo, contact hitter, get to first. With you, that's as good as a double. That's not far off from a homer. I mean, he's, he's like top five in the American League in steals, and he hasn't even, and he's only started like two thirds of the games. I mean, he is, he, he's tremendous. He's tremendous. He's, he, he sets the tone now. And I would say he is one of two players in the Tigers' everyday lineup that I firmly believe is good enough to be a part of this team two years from now. Only two. Well, now, I think only. I think only. I think only two. Interesting. So I, I there are there are other there are other pieces who I could see as a part of this team. I don't see them starting. I see. I don't see them starting. Okay, because I'm going to disagree. I, I mean, and there's I've more in more. the rotation. There's more in the rotation. Right. I've got more than more than two on my list um, as well here that. So let's let's do that. Let's go around the horn. And I want to I mean, I, I would assume we're agreeing upon the next one that we'll mention, because I mean, for you, that's it. But uh, I, I've got a couple others on there. So go ahead. Who Who is your second piece? OK, so these are just the positional players, correct? Because I have more than two when we're right, talking. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. I think the next guy is Jamer Candelario. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I had scope on the That's list. Quite the no, 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 no. Okay. I thought you were gonna say scope, but uh are you then not in the camp of locking up scope for a, a multi year deal? You're you you want to deal him at the deadline? Here's what I would like, because I because scope is on a one year deal. Correct. So there's no incentive to keeping him because he's an unrestricted free agent after the in the off season. Unrestricted. It's baseball. Everybody's unrestricted. Um, and so, if there were no Miguel, this is the first time where I'm willing to say Miguel Cabrera is actually finally kind of getting in the way a little bit. 
He's, he's in the way. Because if there were no Miguel Cabrera, I would love to sign Jonathan Scope to a four-year, $60 million deal. You DH a little bit. You play first base a little bit. If our second baseman is getting hurt, I mean, we obviously know that's where you grew up. That's your your trade. You can obviously play second at any time. And I absolutely see a future. He's only 29. It feels like Scope's been around forever. He's only 29 years old. So he has a lot of good years left. However, I just don't. The way, I mean, with how many infielders this team has and roster construction and the fact that Miggy's still making $35 million a year, you're going to be trotting him out at first or DH. I know right now they're doing the DH only thing. I think they might need to just, just trade him in the offseason because the Tigers aren't making a push right now. He is going to be one of the hottest uh, oh, yeah. bats on the market. And if somehow you can package him with like a Jose Cisnero type, you can get an actual prospect. You even for two rentals, you yeah, could yeah. get a, a halfway decent prospect. You absolutely can, and this is where. And so I don't. I'm not knocking that. Like it's you're, there's a, a flaw in your logic. I'm just going to completely disagree. That forget forget the the platooning scope as your your first baseman DH guy. I I, I want him as the second baseman of the future. I want him as the guy that the Tigers are investing in. And I know they have a lot of infielders, but it just goes back to the prospect or the, the working for the future mentality. At some point it's got to stop. If you've got a, a live bat in your, on your team right now that has proven he can be an everyday second baseman, which I believe scope has, and he can be part of the, the immediate future that helps this team win. So I'm just disagreeing. Yeah. No, I'm 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 not opposed. Uh my the only reason why I'm why I didn't go that direction is what do you do with Isak Paredes? What do you do with Willie Castro? What do you do with Harold Castro? If they were I mean, what do you do with Zach Short? I think the Nico Garon project is finally done. Right, right. But I mean, but that's still four middle in and you got Torkelson coming up. Uh is he gonna play third? Does that move Candelario over to first? And then, and if it does, that might help your your uh, scope argument. Scope over at second, and then you'd have Candelaro at first, scope at second. Whoever uh, emerges at shortstop or one of these big offseason targets that we've, that we've mentioned yes. before. Yeah. Uh, there's a million shortstops on the I've, market this year. I've convinced myself that it, it's Correo, and it's just it's just the way it is. And so, if it doesn't happen, I'm just going to be completely disappointed and, and, and on the table. Uh, Carlos Correo from from the Astros. Oh, little Sorry. reunion. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me actually enunciate here, Jake. Come on. I thought you said like choreo. I was like, are we working out or something? Yeah, yeah, cardio. We're going to get some. Yes, yes, yes. No, I just, um, yes, I want them to obviously lock up a a shortstop in the offseason because like you said, there are are plenty of them. I'm actually on board with your idea. But honestly, let's just sort of mesh our two ideas. We go to Jonathan, stupid Al and stupid Chris sit down with wonderful AJ and Jonathan. Hey, look, bud, our guy, you're our man. We love you. Uh, You've done wonderfully. You had as many home runs in June as anybody had all of the shortened 2020 season. We're dedicated to you. We want to offer you a four-year deal, but there are three teams who want your services for the next three months. And they have no leverage to get you afterwards. So we're going to send you over to Tampa. You're going to you're going to try to make a little push with the Rays. The Rays wouldn't trade for him. That was a bad example, although they have enough prospects to do so. I digress. But I like this hypothetical situation. Yeah, you're you're going to go for a couple months. Then we're going to lock you up for four years next year. I, I And you're right. If Jonathan Scope is your second baseman, Jamer moves over to first like he had been. Miggy's DHing. 
and uh, and then you try to bring Torque up at the beginning of next year. Yeah, the, that's an infield. You got the makings of a real legitimate infield. Sign Carlos Correa. You got Badu in the outfield. Mize is back. Scoobles back. Turnbull's healthy. We re-signed Justin Verland. I mean, oh, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is I, I wish I would have recorded this because my my grandfather, a season ticket holder of fifty five years, who he's really reduced it now. He's only going to about forty games a year year um he used to see all 81 home games and and close to 100 ga- tiger games a season we had this exact conversation uh yesterday uh, and the excitement was the same level we're just we're just predicting the tiger's future and it feels good again to to be optimistic about it and uh you know we i always try to t- you know tone him down don't be don't be a tiger slap here we got to think of this subjectively and and now i feel like i'm doing the same with you but i'm also I definitely, you definitely have to do that. Yes, but I agree with you. That's the other thing is I can be a tiger slap as well, only with the Tigers, none of the other Detroit teams. But it feels like, again, how many times have we said this over the course of the last few weeks doing the Michigan State of Sports that it's it's merited, it's justified. Like there's enough proof that what we're saying is not just being tiger slappy fans, that this is actually something that could happen. Yeah, no. I mean, we were. I mean, we weren't. We weren't spit shining this thing in April, right? When things were going off the rails, we're. Oh my God! Like I what's believe. Happening? I believe. I want to go back and get this audio, but I believe I said I might not ever watch a Tiger game again. So, not to be dramatic. <laughs> we were very upset that uh, right at the end of that eight and twenty-three stretch. It. I we are maybe responsible for it because we were comparing Casey Mize through nine starts to Justin Verlander through nine starts, and the sky was falling. Oh yeah, I was because I remember I was trying to do an episode. I was gonna be like, look, like yeah, we're getting impatient with Mize, but he's only made about nine or ten starts. I mean, he's still a young guy. There's plenty of time. Like, let's look at Justin Verlander. Like, I remember he struggled a little his that initial rookie year. He started coming into his own, and we looked up his stats. He threw a complete game, like three hitter or or whatever it was. <laughs> We in the exercise completely backfired, but then that night Casey Mize got his first career major league win. He went like seven innings, and since then he hasn't looked back. And uh, same with Tarek Skubal. So let's quickly anybody else in the any other position player who you think is a part of of this team. So we've said Akil Badu, we've said Jonathan Scope. Are you on board with Jamer? Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with Jamer. Um, we, I just think we need more from both Castros. I don't, and so it, it, that's a wait and see. And I know that does nothing for this exercise. But one last one, just curious, and I don't have, uh, admittedly, because I'm not prepared as the way I should be. I don't have the stats and everything in front of me. But Daz Cameron, I, I see, I see hints of it there, and it's like, okay, you know, may maybe this could be a guy for the future, just if he can hit. I like everything else, but the 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 hitting is probably the biggest concern. But I'm not ready to to rule him out, type of thing. Yeah, it's uh, again this back half of this year. I almost because Robbie Grossman on, is on a two year contract, and I mean he's been great, but. We need some interest. I mean, we he's need another yes, guy that will have another person who could maybe move. Line. And that's not just a rental. That's a switch hitter bat who right. can bat one through six and, and give you some speed, give you some arm, just a, a very solid, solid player. 
for anyone to do you, you want to hate me for a second please hate me after after i make even more comment. than i already do go yeah ahead. correct correct no listen tony i was on 670 the score earlier this weekend <laughs> and, and just talking and there's teams within the own division that have interest i mean guys in chicago got a lot of contacts in the chicago market they want jonathan scope and they're also interested in robbie grossman so again uh i can i can back that how nauseating. That was that's what we how, live for. How, <laughs> that was A plus. How nauseating was that? I'm a actually no. sick to my stomach myself. No, but but no, teams are interested in both those guys. And so I have sources. And, and the problem is so so Akil Badu is now is is cemented in the outfield, as is Robbie Grossman, which leaves leads to an issue because we're trying to see what we have with Daz Cameron and Derek Hill. Derek Hill, who is playing phenomenal for like a week before he sold his soul and his body and crashed into the wall to say to save a fly ball one day. So we got to see what's going on with Derek Hill and what's going on with Daz Cameron. And then in the middle infield, we need to work it down to the Castro brothers, who are obviously not brothers, and Zach Short. If any of the three of them, I mean, those are the five pieces. Like, I don't need to see one more second of Nomar Mazzara. I don't need to see one more second of Nico Goodrum. Although I will have a soft spot for Nico because he, he – he worked hard for a lot of years here, and hopefully he can be be a number nine somewhere else or something. Hey, there, that's so nice of you. Hey, way to work hard to be a professional athlete getting paid <laughs> millions to, to no, play I, baseball. Very, thank you for your service. Tony's very inspired by your hard work. Yeah, he's had he's had a hey, he had to he had to go to bed after a lot of tough losses, Jake. He, it's <laughs> not it's not so easy. These guys don't have it. It's not all sunshine and roses. That's but true. um so and then the catching position. Uh, I mean, is Rogers just sort of holding it down before Dingler gets here? Um, Eric Haas, is he going to be a, like a permanent platoon guy? I mean, the catching, where we have it right now, is major league average. Yeah. And that might be good enough. Yeah. No, it's funny because, again, I go back to my example with Ronald Isaacson, my grandfather. We have the, That was where we disagreed. I am in the Haas camp, and he was more in the Rogers camp. But – they can maybe they they can we settled on they can exist in exactly what you said just kind of this it's not it's not a weakness of the team it's not a glaring need as well as we kind of you know weighed out the potential uh, of those guys coming up so i i i think haas i don't know and maybe i'm a sucker for an inside the park home run so anytime a player hits an inside the park home run like wow they're stable <laughs> for the future i did the same thing with jacoby jones last year <laughs> what's that yeah Good call. Yeah, he hit. Yeah, it. No, it was a good call with Jacoby. Yeah. Um. So let's do a fine before we get to the pitching staff, and we'll we'll do that one a little quicker than the uh, players. Can we give a grade, um, halfway through for the lineup and the just the positional players? What you expected, what they have done, and remember, this is a full season grade. So unfortunately, that first month of April does count. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to jump out of my chair here and go all Tony Garcia fanboy on you. But uh, I Somebody would say, be smart. Yeah, right, right, right. Let's just let's just be minus C plus. It's it's enough to be encouraged by and uh, still room for improvement. But again, you take the last 51 games and we're we'll take that in, in a heartbeat and probably we'd be, you know, writing one of those 
notes home to to the parents saying how proud we are of the pupils and how hard they're working. But uh, we're also not writing home the the notes that I would get all the time of of we are very concerned with the development of of Jake Ritma. So um, there's <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the between middle. the notes that my parents got and the notes that your parents <laughs> yeah, got. That yeah. One I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah exactly. That was always great. I I dreaded bringing the I would hide those notes home. I'd get them all the time. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so uh, oh my god i would just i just could watch it happen with <laughs> eight-year-old oh, yeah. you watch like an idiot oh yeah well uh, it, i mean it went uh, again to it really uh derail the show here when i mean it wasn't just early elementary it was into i had this middle school teacher who made who they call it marks that would make a mark anytime you got talked to and if you got five marks in a day you got a note home and i had 47 marks one day and i had to bring <laughs> i think we've I think you've shared that one with me. That is so. Do you, what happens? Do you have to like miss recess for a week? Oh, you said middle school. Like, what do you get detention? Yeah, I mean, because at that point you're just calling them on their shit. If you right. get trouble at five March and you have 47, this is no longer a threat here. Yeah. Well, I think it was just, it was kind of a, a you know, being a little bit stubborn. There was kind of a, an, e, there was some, e, there was, we were alphaing, you know, battling for <laughs> supremacy of the classroom. He'd say, do something. I didn't know. And I was just a little shithead. And, and you got punished in gym class a lot. I have to like run laps during gym class. That was one thing. But uh, again, at the time, the Pistons were thriving. And I just thought I was Rashid Wallace in all aspects of life. <laughs> and, and and he got technical fouls by mouthing off, so why couldn't I? Yep, I, I actually I, I love that um, comparison and that rationale. So I'm with you, C plus on the uh, on on the roster, and it's a good thing that April happened because if it hadn't and they had just been 29 and 22, I would be buying playoff tickets right now. So I'm really glad that uh, that the slow start happened, so I don't have to do that. All right, let's go to the starting rotation which has, I'd say, been the best part of this team this year. Casey Mize, excellent lately. Tarek Skubal, excellent lately. Spencer Turnbull, we both know he's an all-star who's just dealing with, <laughs> with injury troubles. All-star uh, Spencer Turnbull. Yep, yes, um, the pride and joy of the Detroit Tigers. Um, Matthew Boyd, up and down at first up, lately down. They're both dealing with injuries um, and then Matt Manning, we've seen a little bit here and there. He is just clearly, clearly behind um, in his development, not to where he should be, but compared to the two who he came up with in, in Mize and Turnbull. Uh, he's more, he's somewhere between Alex Fiedo and, uh, I said Turnbull, Mize and Scoobal. Um And then uh, Jose Urania has to throw the baseball sometimes because we need someone to be on the mound. Um, overall thoughts about the pitching staff, Jake. Yeah, if we're doing the whole grade thing, I think they're going to grade out a little bit uh, more favorable than the if you do a comparison to other components of the team, like the the prospects or the the position players and that sort of thing. But it's hard too because some guy, if you, it's easier to do it by case by case. You know, you look at Casey Mize, and I think this is what fans and and the people that cover the team hoped for and expected so for that you know is it perfect no but is it trending where you want it to see yes absolutely and the same can be said about your all-star spencer turnbull and even probably scoobal i'll go with those three so and you can make the argument that those are the most important three so if you're doing the whole valuing of who do you want to be in the right place right now i would put those three in that camp so the manning thing is very it's very easy for me to push the push the buck back a little bit that there and just say, wait and see. So 
And I think you'd even, we're talking just starters now too, but the, the back end of the bullpen, it's been significantly better than we thought it was. So again, I, I'm losing myself in this, which I can only imagine how our listeners are feeling right now, if there are any still at this point, but overall, very, very satisfied and pleased with the pitching staff would even grade it a little bit higher than, than the position players. Oh, certainly for me, I was going between B and B plus. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say, I was just about to say BB plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's right there. I mean, it's not excellent. It's not stellar, but it is absolutely satisfactory, especially when you consider, I mean, they're trotting out Willie Peralta tonight and cause they have to, and they're winning baseball games. He's given them five innings. I mean, yep. Yep. Jake's uh, greasing up the old wheel there, uh, yep. getting the noodle loose in case. I was just they, about to say, based on him, like, the need sometimes i feel like i might get called into the game yep and so so casey my like i i just sort of broke it down casey mize i would give an a minus b plus same with Tarek scoobal uh spencer turnbull uh, he he sort of gets an incomplete but i would give him an a or an a minus um because he is my son because of your affair yeah exactly yep. uh matt boyd gets a b um he was not he's not been great lately but i mean for his first the first seven of like his 11 starts he made or whatever. I mean, he was lights out. Um, and then the rest have been C to maybe a little lower, but overall that, that gets you to a B. Um, you can really, really see, <clears throat> excuse me, this rotation taking place. Casey Mize here for five years to stay, at least. Scooble, same thing. Spencer Turnbull, I don't know why he wouldn't be in a similar boat. That's three. Then all you need is either Manning to hit, Joey Wentz to hit, who's finally throwing again. <clears throat> People are very excited about him. And uh, and then you you add a, a piece in, in the offseason. I mean, I, I would <laughs> say, say, it, say it, just say it. Justin I know you Brown. want to. I know Justin you want Brown. to. Yes. It makes go. all the sense in the world for Justin Verlander to come rejoin the Tigers. It may <clears throat> in, in every single level there. No one can talk me off of it doesn't make sense for Justin Verlander to come back here. He loved Detroit and they're back to I mean, to to be the young guy at the on the initial ascent of Detroit baseball to be the one to try to take them over the top and the one who pushed them there and then have the first ballot Hall of Fame career the MVP the Cy Youngs leave go to Houston go be their star and and win the World Series with them to then come back on the back end of your career and be like the one who shepherds Detroit into winning again hey this is how we did it I've been there all I've ever done is win and hey I'm the last full season I pitched, I was the last three full seasons I pitched, I've been like a top three Cy Young guy or won it. I mean, this isn't like this is not the shell of Justin Verlander. He's not going to be MVP for JV. He is a he's a top end starter, and and I and he loves AJ Hinch. He loves Detroit. He loves this organization, and I like like I, I cannot even find one real reason why it wouldn't make sense for him to come back. I am full. I actually genuinely believe he will. Not just I want him to. I actually think he will be back. You've convinced yourself in in, in your head that that this is going to happen. A couple of so things why here. He, what is the reason to not come back? No, no, no. I'm, and that's why it's it's going to pain me to agree with you. But I also want to say, I if if you were hosting a radio show right now and I was producing, I would have had the 
all I do is win, win, win song, like kind of coming up as you're getting into your point and you're like, all Verlander does is win, win, win. And then I would have been blasting that and it would have been, a, but we don't have the capability of doing, we don't have a drop board in front of us or, or, or like six different audio channels here that we could do that. So I just wanted to get that out of the way that I agree with, I agree with what you're saying. I haven't quite convinced myself that it's going to happen the way you have, but it would be neat to see him be the almost the 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 Kenny Rogers of this staff that we had back in the the 2006 World Series run. So that would and Verlander honestly does make the most sense, but adding one proven arm this offseason with that shortstop would get me about as excited about Tiger baseball as I've been in 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 years. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I would be, I, I would be a, a, a camper. We would be fully pitching tents if, if that was somehow able to happen. Um, More than we already are on the Michigan yeah. State of Sports, because every episode is that good. <laughs> but it, like you see, like sometimes, like so, you like you look at the diamond right now, and it's like Willie Castro's there, Daz Cameron's there, Zach Short is there, Jake Rogers is there. Like it doesn't look too promising. You can flip it real, real fast. As soon as Green gets up and takes a corner outfield spot, then Badu's in the other corner, and then Torkelson takes a corner, Candelario's on the other. Then you got the outsides covered. Then you're just building the middle in. You find a center fielder. You sign your shortstop, re-sign scope, and then there that's taken care of. If you add one piece to the pitching staff, this and, and it's a playoff contender, mainly because of A.J. Hinch, who we have not gotten to, which we will, but we got to do it all in the next three minutes. So the relief pitchers, absolutely phenomenal. Michael Fulmer has been great. Gregory Soto, an all-star. Congratulations. Jose Cisnero has been wonderful. Kyle Funkhauser, who was like the initial piece. He was like the first guy I remember back when the broadcast in like 14 and 15 had to stop, had to start spinning instead of like, oh, look how wonderful our team is. Look how wonderful our team is. And they'd be shitting on away broadcast for coming in and touting their uh, their farm systems. Like, oh, you guys have to talk about your farm system. Ha, ha, ha. We're talking about what's on the field right now. Kyle Funkhauser was the first guy we started talking about in the farm system. Like, oh, there's this guy. Like, as we see this next era of Tigers baseball, he's a guy to watch. And I mean, last year, I think everybody had written him off. Chris Fetter effect. I don't know yes. what magical polyjuice potion or some shit he carries around in his pants because this dude just rubs it on on, on people's elbows and shoulders. Well, not the, stick, not the just, sticky stuff because that's that's not allowed anymore. He can't be rubbing right. any sticky stuff. Yeah, I'm actually I'm upset with myself for a lot of reasons um, because I am the way that I am. But I had Chris Federer highlighted in my notes to mention, and it's only taken an hour to do that. So that's on me and, and me and me as well. But um, bullpen, in my opinion, oh. And uh, Joe Jimenez may be finding himself again the, the last week. I mean, obviously, pump it's a pump the break. If Chris Fetter has ch- changed something, I trust it. I, I, I'm just starting to trust it now. He, Dude, he is turning water to wine with everyone. Kyle Funkhauser. I mean, Tarek Skubal looks like a, a Casey Mott. Everybody. Nobody is 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 trending backwards. Uh, but Michael I'm not ready. Fulmer, to, I'm not ready to crown him as the miracle man that could never that can solve all though. Like there's, we still got to remember that this is year one. It is year one. It is year one. Um, but damn, I'm having a hard time talking myself down off of anything that Chris Vetter or AJ Hinch have done. That's fair. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That I can that I can agree with because I'm I'm the same way. But specifically the Jimenez one because I'm on record saying I never want to see Jimenez in yes. a Tiger uniform again, and I will not change that 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 take. I will not I will not redact it. I will not redact that because I still feel that way. But, your flag. All right. What 
No, I just want to echo everything you said, because I, you know, am an egotistical maniac that has to hear myself, my hear myself speak, even though you said everything that needs to be said. I'll just go a step further and say that AJ Hinch could prove to be the the single greatest acquisition of Tiger baseball in the last two decades. I think he's that that impactful. Yep. Yep. I put it. He is Miguel. He is Miguel Cabrera impact on the game. I mean. What what is this Tigers raw this exact same Tigers roster? What is their record with Ron Garden hiring? I was just about to say, don't bring up Garden. He's a nice guy. I'm all, just, oh, uh, all yeah. love. Nothing but nothing but respect for our king, Ron Garden hire. There you go. On. There you go. Yeah, but uh, it would not be pretty. They're 37 and 45 right now. So what they'd be 29 and 53, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be good if if that. I mean, I mean, we are with like, and like the. Like they're not getting blown out anymore. I mean, okay, we everybody gets the point. We love the Tigers. We love the direction. A lot of key pieces are playing really well. So, who is that has been the most last question? And then we'll talk about how Chris Fetter and AJ Hinches both get A pluses with an infinity sign next to them. They get um, the note forever. Home. They get the note home oh. from the principal. Yeah, yeah, yes. We are so proud. Gold stars. They yes. get gold stars and lollipops. Um, who are you disappointed with? Who is the guy who has, um, who, who has fallen out of favor? And I think this is difficult because anybody who has, they've axed him. Jacoby Jones, you're not right. doing it. See ya. Uh, Nico Goodrum, I know. I mean, he was he he went on the IL and he's rehabbing in Toledo. Nico Goodrum's not going to be a staple of this thing anymore. Uh, Nomar Mazzara has worked his way out of the lineup. Anybody who's not up to snuff. Has uh, has fallen out of favor. Yeah, I but think that, is there anyone left? That's a credit to that's a credit to to the 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 managing staff and and just the the for once I want to say give credit to the organization. So no, but I would say we know we know they're a part of the future and that they can do more. And it just hasn't it it hasn't happened right away and. Not that it hasn't happened right away, but it hasn't been as consistent as you might like to see with with Harold Castro. But I see that. But yeah, but again, that's because he's so limited offensively, in my opinion. Right. I mean, when you're just a singles hitter, it can it, it's weird because if like he's a he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. Like yes. that's who you need as a nine hitter. Right. Someone who just is just a tough out. And can slap slap together some singles, right? Um, right. And it's not like yeah. the most. It's it's of the nine. You would say maybe he's the least impactful, even at his best. So that's why it feels yeah. like you're kind of cherry picking. And and but you asked me to do it. You asked me to do it, so I did. No, no. I think I think that's a good one. And and like we, it's a it was a tough question because anybody who has underachieved uh, no longer plays. And um, I mean, I think like I think Jake Rogers, uh, for example, is catching uh, well enough. Like he is calling. Uh, uh, solid enough games defensively and and gunning people down left and right where he like where I'm unbothered by the fact that he has such a big hole in his swing. Um, anything we get from him offensively is kind of a bonus at this bonus, point. Right, right. And that's right. when you and that's why you platoon him with Eric Haas. Um, if we if we have to sit someone else uh, elsewhere, then you get someone with a little bit bigger bat. And uh, if if not, if you think it's going to be a tight uh, one run game. Put, put Rogers back in there. He's got a great thing going with Mice. He's, I mean, it's it's no coincidence that Mice has been at his best since Jake Rogers has caught his last nine starts or whatever. So, um, I'm very I'm very content with the, with the trajectory of this thing. Uh, AJ Hinch is um, other people uh, have God. 
Other people have things they turn to uh, for support, for strength. I turn to AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch and, and Spencer Turnbull. That that yep. is yeah. those two together. Two. All right, Tony, Scott. I want to I leave you with this though because often I don't. You don't really do this in baseball very often because you just play so many games and you play everybody. So there's not really that schedule watching like there is. In, I know where you're going. Oh yeah, because I stole it like any other good small little minor like uncapitalized J. Um, stole it from my good buddy Rieger who put it on the Twitter, but I have had tweets stolen from me without sourcing. So this, I am citing my source. It is my great friend, Jeff Rieger, put the siren on um, next 25 games, seven versus the Rangers who are 17 on, games under 500, 11 versus the twins who are 15 games under 500, four versus Baltimore who are league worst 29 under 29 games under 500, three versus the Royals who are 12 games under 500. So of the next 25 games, their opponents are combined 73 games under 500. Yep. It is an extremely, extremely favorable stretch of the schedule. Not to mention working an all-star break with that. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because. I think 20, let's do it right now. 25 games. Can they go? I mean, 15 and 10. I think they can do better than that. I think they could do 16 and 9, 17 and 8. Like this could be a fun stretch of. So baseball. can they get so. So can they get to 500 right. is the question. They're 37 and 45. Um, so over that, it's 25 games? Yes. So they need to go, I can't do math on the fly, 18 and 7. Because 17 and 8, no, 17 and 8. 17 and 8 would do it. 16 and 9, not quite enough. Um, I don't know if they go 17 and 8. Yeah, that is a, a really <laughs> stretch of baseball no matter who you're playing. Right. And we're talking like, oh, the Royals are 12 games under 500. All right, the Tigers are eight games under 500. And a few days ago, they were 10. Like, they've been between eight and 13 right, games right. under 500 for a month. But they um, only have three versus Kansas City. They have 11 versus the Twins. The yeah. Twins have been bad. And the Twins are expected to be selling. So I wonder if Maeda is even still there. Josh Donaldson might not be there. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of chance. But, like, but what does it do? Because the, the top of the AL is just so stacked. Wild like you can't, card. <laughs> no, you can't I, they, they can't catch it. They I can't know. catch it. They're too. They're too far. And this is me talking. If they were six games or seven games out right now, I would be like, you know what? Crazier things have happened. They're in like twelve with like eight teams in between them. But, but it, July fifth. I'm, I'm willing. To, I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I. But what I don't want to have happen is us do this run, get to five hundred, and then like be buyers at the deadline or something like <laughs> this is still not the year this is the very last year that it's not the year the very 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 last one like, i agree don't get suckered in all right all right, all right. that's Agent, good. like think about like even like what they're doing with casey mize right now like put like the innings limit and uh they might do that with scooble a little later i know he got injured so he uh, so he sort of naturally inning limited himself um but i, I mean i just think the, the way they're handling everything they, they have their eyes on the future and you know, I'm not going to go full apology. I will issue a 30% apology, 25 to 30% apology to Al Avila and Chris Illich. No, who don't have do this. Been absolutely terrible for a long time. This year specifically, I think they're they're they've done well. I I, I don't want them. I'm re I'm ready to get rid of both of them right now. Yes, I know Jake is going double birds to them. Right, yeah, I was just going to say. On Credit needs to be given where it's due. And oh. this year, just this year, the first couple months, they've done a decent job uh, of managing things.
Okay, listeners, rest assured, I not once but twice gave Tony the double bird via the Zoom call. So you're welcome. Uh, somebody had to do it after that because I, I don't know what this 30% apology bullshit is or you're just acknowledging that they haven't been a lost cause their entire tenure. But uh, yeah, okay. All right, maybe we do settle on that. May I redact one of the double birds and only give you the double bird once to end it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And uh, and I mean, they're still they've wholly underachieved. I don't feel great about them being the one to hand out the contracts. But if you look at some of these one year signings right now, Robbie Grossman's done very well. Getting Jonathan Scope back is very good. They should get a little credit for getting AJ Hinch, although they really got him because the White Sox botched it. Yeah. There have been. <laughs> Could you imagine AJ Akeel, Hinch? Akil Badu. Akil Badu. Seeing him in the Rule 5 draft this year specifically in a vacuum has been better than the previous five. And so they deserve a little bit of credit. It couldn't have, it couldn't have gotten worse than the previous five. But yes, all right, all right. I will hear you on that in the interest of time because we are out of it and this has been a, this has been a blast. That it has, it always is. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us. Uh, we will be back next week with, uh, we don't have a plan yet. So we'll keep you tuned on that. And uh, what, the Lions maybe? I mean, we're getting close to football season. We're getting towards a really, really great time of year. Once that All-Star break gets, we get a couple weeks on the other side of the All-Star break, uh, it's full steam ahead. We'll have Michigan State football previews. We won't preview Michigan because we hate them. Just kidding. Uh, the Lions. I mean, it, it's going to get fun. It's going to get really real here fast on the Michigan State of Sports. So glad to have you along and hope to keep you along. So for Jake Reetma, I'm Tony Garcia. Have a wonderful day. See you. Peace.